And we spend a lot of time in prayer and uh, we would love to have, you know, requests and stuff like that to pray specifically for. And if it's something that's urgent, um, let us know and we'd love to pray for you today or tomorrow before Wednesday night. So um, we're just thankful that you're here with us this morning. And we've been um, talking through Psalms 23 and talking about the Lord as our shepherd and There was a devout old shepherd who lost his favorite Bible while he was out looking for a wayward lamb. And three weeks go by, and finally a sheep walked up to him carrying the Bible in its mouth. And the shepherd couldn't believe his eyes, and he took the precious book out of the sheep's mouth, and he raised his eyes heavenward. It's a miracle! It's a miracle! And the sheep looks at the shepherd and says, not really, your name is written on the inside cover. Okay, so I found a, I found a sheep joke for you. <laughs> Let me grab the staff here. Today is the day we talk about the shepherd's rod and his staff. I couldn't find a, a rod. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But the shepherd's staff is very representative of the shepherd. There's not a lot of, maybe even any other profession that uses an instrument that's shaped just like this. They, in my studies and stuff, these have been around for many years, thousands of years. They have um, Egyptian pyramids that have, you know, or how they do their pictures and stuff. They have the shepherd staff in those pictures. They've been using them for years, and it's The shepherd is really the only occupation that uses an instrument like this. And there's purpose to it that we'll find out um, and we'll learn more about today. I'd like us to read uh, Psalm 23 together. By the end of our series, uh, you'll have it memorized if you don't have it already. And if you have it memorized in a different version of this, feel free to say it the way you know it. So let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd... I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. In this amazing psalm, it's kind of, we've kind of divided it up a little bit, and we've kind of talked through each one, and the first several verses, the first three verses, it talks about the shepherd, like he's declaring who the shepherd is, right? And now we're going to kind of take a turn, and, and this psalm turns from speaking about the shepherd and now speaks to the shepherd, Okay? And so the promises that God has made of, of never leading, leaving us or never forsaking us, the shepherd confirms. And it also, it turns from a happy psalm of, hey, he leads me to green pastures and still, quiet, peaceful waters 
to now it's a little more dark. But it's a very, there is a very important principle for us to learn. And this is the verse that we're going to be studying today. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we're going to kind of break down each segment of this and kind of learn some uh, principles from it of how we can have confidence and be able to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He starts out, even though I walk, this phrase implies that at some point I will walk through a dark valley. All of us will. No matter where you're at in life or what type of a person uh, you are, you're going to walk through a valley. It doesn't say if you walk through the valley. It says even though I will, I walk through the valley. I might add, even when we are following the shepherd, we're, we're going to go through a valley. We're going to go through valley times. Christians are not exempt from the heartbreak, the trouble, the tragedies. I've told you this before, and that I, I, I hope you weren't promised when you became a Christian, when someone told you about Jesus I hope you weren't promised that life was going to be easy. Uh, when you gave your life to the Lord, every, all your problems were going to go away. Okay? If you were taught that, um, we're going to have to rewind a little bit. Okay? <laughs> okay? Um, but we're going to find out today that our shepherd is with us. The Lord, our shepherd, is with us through the valley is the next portion of this verse. Wherever there is a mountain, there is a valley. Shepherds would take their flock to the top of a mountain during the hot summer days. Um, it was cooler up there. There was green pastures up there. And they would find the, um, the, the cooler temperatures and we often use the analogy of a, of a mountaintop to uh, describe the, the pinnacle moments of success. If we're uh, doing well, oh man, we're up on the mountain. And when we're doing bad, we're down in the valley. And there's an old song, the God of the mountain, he's still God of the valley. And it's so true. But what's at the bottom of the mountain? A valley. And to get to the mountain and get up the mountain, you have to go through the valleys. You can't get to the mountain until you've walked through the valleys. The valley is where the predators hide and storms can come through or, or rock slides, even flash floods. And the, the paths are usually rough and rocky and for us, life's valleys are very similar. The tragedies that we face, the, the brokenness that comes from you know, any type of 
of hurt relationships or uh, the consequences that we face of bad choices. Not all, uh, not everything that is in the valley um, is our fault, but a lot of it is. When we do, you know, make some certain choices, we're going to have consequences for those choices. And there's so many, I, I put in my notes to add more. Um, there's loss of employment, we would find that as a valley. Loss of loved ones, right? Anything that would cause anxiety or, or depression to, to kick in, anything that would uh, cause us to go, man, I don't know if I can make this, okay? There's so many examples. What, what are valleys um, in life that we go through? Man, there's, there's tons. Any sort of uh, bad thing that could happen to our family or uh, a family, extended family, from a, it, all types of things that we go through in life can, be, can feel like we're um, going through a valley. The sheep had predators. We have an enemy, the devil who's out there and the scriptures uh, liken him to a roaring lion who's prowling, looking for who he's going to devour. Okay, The enemy doesn't want you to have a relationship with God. The enemy doesn't want you to uh, allow you to make it up the mountain with God, right? So he's going to send lies. He's going to send all types of stuff, right? So we have all this that's going on in the valley. The next phrase is of the shadow of death, describing the valley. This, this valley is not death itself, although many things that we encounter in the valley cast death's shadow, the fear of death. Some of your Bibles may say the valley of deep darkness. Sometimes the same word is translated that way. That it's uh, when we say the shadow of death, it's all this evil that's casting its shadow um, over us as we're trying to walk through it, making it dark, right? The deep darkness that we um, can go through. Remember as a kid, uh, shadows cast by something make that thing look bigger than it really is, right? We, uh, we don't want to walk through a dark room because we don't know what's in there, what could be there. And as adults, we know, okay, there's nothing that's going to jump out at you. It's safe. But as a kid, when you're going through the darkness, you don't know what could be out there. And the psalmist David is referring to that here, that we're walking through a valley with lots of evil uh, casting its shadows of darkness over us. The shadow of death and deep darkness means not only are the things that we are actually going through, are they scary, but the thought of what could happen to us in those things uh, causes fear. And all the what-ifs cause us uh, to, to take it to the, the level of death. This is going to kill me. In all actuality, you're probably going to make it. But we see the big shadows. Like I don't think I'm going to survive this valley. But there's a powerful truth at this juncture of the Psalms of Psalm 23 that, that David recognized that under the shepherd's leading, 
He may walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He may be uh, walking through the valley of deep darkness, but it is not his destination or his dwelling place. If you're a vocal crowd, that's where you could say, Amen, brother, preach it, preach it, brother. Okay? I put it in all capital letters, in bold, okay? Because a lot of times when we're walking through deep darkness, when we're walking through uh, these valleys, we feel like, man, I'm never going to get through this. And we even tend to hang out there. But we have to uh, focus in that we're walking through the valley. We're not camping in the valley. We're not staying in the valley. The difficult times in life are not permanent. There's a phrase, it came to pass in the Bible, especially in the King James Version. Hundreds of times it's used, and it's nothing super spiritual about the phrase that I could break down. And, but I like, it's... it's um, in the English language, uh, we would translate it most of the time as, here's what happened, or this took place, or it came about like this, okay? But I like the phrase, it came to pass, because it implies that it did not come to stay, that whatever is going on in that story, whatever problem is happening, it came to pass that blah, 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 blah. It didn't come to stay. You didn't, uh, whatever the problem that we listed earlier, all the different things that can happen that can cause us to be in a valley of deep darkness, those things uh, aren't making us stay there. We don't have to live there. We don't have to camp there. Okay? They came to pass. And they're going to pass. We go about our everyday life and most of the time, it's pretty normal. But sometimes an obstacle course can come our way or a curveball can be thrown at us. We might use that term. Something happens that's totally unexpected. It could be a big deal. It could be uh, a laying off your job or a sickness diagnosis. A, maybe it's a, a smaller thing. Your car breaks down and, man, that's my vehicle to get to work or whatever it would be. Or maybe it's a problem within your extended family. Maybe it's a relationship that's gone sour. There's so many, so many examples. I've tried to name so many today. And you can have a, a ton of those go through your mind. But we can be assured that those things are not our destination. We don't need to dwell there. We don't need to sit there, okay? We got to keep walking and keep going, okay? Now, when I say that, it's going to take time. There's some situations that you can walk through, and man, I made it through the valley in a week, okay? Sometimes it could be a year. Sometimes it might be longer, but you got to keep going. You got to keep walking. You got to keep working, and your shepherd is always there. I wanted to insert a story of a, a dark time that I went through. That when, you, when I um, felt called to ministry, I saw the, the glory of it, the fun 
of it. Youth ministry, just like last night, we're playing games, we're having a blast, we would go to concerts, we do all of this, and then God's like, this is what I want you to do. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be a youth pastor. Let's do it. And so I'm preparing for the ministry and go to college and have four years of classes, um, all types of classes, right? And I get into the ministry, first position, and I started in May of 2004 and the following June, so I'm only a year in, right? Never done like my first pastoral position and things just started going crazy, and uh, the, the pastor I was under had a major physical, was in a couple of car accidents and had issues and um, kind of makes it through that. And then our church, we, I don't want to go into all the details, but there was a fire at the church. And, and, and then the moment, that, the day that we, that we had a fire there, the pastor is on a vacation and saying, look, I'm unreachable. So when I'm, when I'm gone, like, I'm out of cell phone service, okay? This was like, well, we don't need to say when it was, but there wasn't good cell phone service, okay? It was long enough ago, all right? And so he's saying, you know, if anything happens, like you have, you're in charge and the, the, you have the board members to help you, okay, but nothing is going to go wrong, right? And everything went wrong. <laughs> and so we have a fire, and I don't know what to do, but it falls on me. And it's not, man, just the, um, it, it didn't even burn a lot of stuff, but just the smoke going around the whole building, everything. I mean, it took months of um, cleanup and we're going through this and insurance and you have the, the police because it was arson and you have all of this and it's like, you, Kevin, you're there, you're there. You need to be, the, you need to meet this person there. You need to be this person there. All the while, like, we're trying to do church, right? Where are we going to have church? Well, we're out in the parking lot in a, in a um, portable building. and So we're going and we're going and there's uh, different things and decisions to be made and you're there, Kevin, you're there. And I'm like a year into ministry. How, how is this going to end? And, and you're still doing ministry to the, to the youth, to the adults and all of this, and we're going through this dark valley. I could have quit. I could have said, this isn't, no Bible, stu- no Bible college course taught me this. Okay, how do I deal with this? I could have just given up, but I kept going. I wish I had an amazing story of the turnaround of the church, and we had hundreds of people come, okay? Uh, we succeeded in that. We still have the church. It's still going there, and going strong, but we, and I'm still in ministry. We didn't give up, but that was, it was easily like two years before you feel like, man, we've gotten out of it. We don't have any more um, insurance meetings, no more uh, police interviews, none of that. It was a very rough time in the life of, uh, in my life and in the life of ministry where I could have just walked away but the shepherd was with me and the shepherd was guiding and he's called me to this ministry 
and to that, uh, that church. And so we're going to see through it. And he helped us through it. All the leaders that were involved. God was with us and brought us out of that. So keep walking. Keep going. Um, our Lord our she- is our shepherd. And because your Lord, who is your shepherd, is the creator of the entire universe, he has all the resources at his disposal, and he has all the power at his disposal. So when we, walk, when we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, our shepherd is with us. Therefore, I will fear no evil. I will fear nothing that could happen because God is in control. Despite the darkness that surrounds us and the evil that casts its shadows over us, the presence of the shepherd eliminates the fear of evil. As we walk through the valley, the presence of our shepherd doesn't eliminate the presence of evil, but it certainly eliminates the fear of evil. We have confidence in our shepherd to protect us. He guards us. He defends us. If you can get that principle today, you're going to walk through a valley of darkness. There's going to be evil uh, present around you. But the presence of our shepherd eliminates the fear of that evil. Why will we make it through the valley? Why will we uh, not fear? Because he is with me. The psalmist says, you are with me. And the second part of this verse is how. How can we have confidence? How does the shepherd protect us? How How do we feel safe? How do we feel protected as we walk through the valley? And he says, it's your rod and your staff. They comfort me. The shepherd is equipped with two tools or weapons, a rod and a staff. And it's like, like this, and I tried to get a rod. If you could just picture a baseball bat, okay? That's kind of like what he would be carrying, right? So the rod was, it was a sturdy wooden stick, It was used as a weapon to fight off the wild animals who might have hoped to uh, see this lamb, this sheep kind of wandering away, and it would grab it, right, and try to have a quick, easy meal. But it was usually, the the rod was usually taken uh, from the root of a young tree, and they would have the the big ball on the end, and they would kind of form the club to be basically like a baseball bat, but probably bigger on the one end, okay? Kind of like a club. Shepherds were not gentle, timid people. They had to be alert. They had to be aggressive to attack any predators that would come along. David, if you remember, he recalled to Saul uh, at the, the moment when he wants to fight Goliath and Saul's trying to talk him out of it. Okay? And David uh, tells him about a time that if, if a lion or a bear 
would come and they would take a lamb from the flock and he would go after them and he would attack them and he would rescue that lamb and kill the predators that would come and he would have his rod. The shepherd defends the flock. The staff was used to control and to guide the sheep. It was a long stick, much like this, and it's made from roots uh, similar as, as the rod was as well, the roots of the trees. And, and this crook in the end was formed uh, by a process that uh, they would kind of heat it up and slowly put pressure to bend it and bend it and kind of basically burn the moisture out of it. If it would get wet again, it would stretch back out. The trees they would use were very flexible uh, roots. And so as a process, it wasn't just, oh, let's bend this stick and hey, we got to, okay, this was a process to make it. And uh, its purpose was the ability to pull the sheep towards himself as they would wander away. Okay, it was to pull them out if they got stuck in thorny bushes or if they fall into uh, a hole or, or down a, a cliff, they can reach down and they can pull the sheep back up. It was used to keep the sheep close as they're walking along. He would have his staff along with him to keep them near him. Okay, The shepherd draws the sheep near him. The rod represents power and authority that the shepherd had. It's a symbol of the Lord's strength and, and his protection. The staff represents the support uh, that, he get, that the shepherd gives the sheep. It's a symbol uh, of the Lord's guidance and his loving kindness to bring the sheep in, to protect them, to keep them in the fold. Together, the rod and the staff of Psalm 23, verse 4, it paints a picture of the divine shepherd who wields them. He is strong, competent, and trustworthy. He is present with his sheep. He is able to defend them and watch over them through all the dangers that they face. Knowing that we have such a shepherd who is ready to protect us from danger, to keep us close, to rescue us when we go astray, truly is a great comfort to us. George Wood, I, I've told you of him and, and his book on the Psalms. He said, On the narrow trail, the shepherd led. But in the most difficult hours of all, in the dark valley, in this the valley of the shadow of death, the shepherd is alongside. You are with me. In trials, friends and family can only accompany us so far, and then we are alone, but he will never leave us. And he quotes from Hebrews 13, verse 5. The Lord never leaves us, never will forsake us. I'll begin wrapping up by looking at several promises from Scripture that confirm these great truths that we've studied today. And they'll be on the screen here. Psalm 139, verse 7 through 12. It's David again. Okay, and he's saying, Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness uh, will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. God is always with us. David's writing this psalm and he's not trying to get away from God. He's not trying to run saying, where can I go? Where can I hide? Okay. He's proclaiming that God is everywhere. And no matter where we are, our shepherd is with us. Even in the darkness. Even in the dark valley. Our shepherd doesn't leave us scared like, oh, I'll see you on the other side. Okay, You, you make it through and I'll be... No, the shepherd is with us. In fact, to God, even the darkness is light and it is bright as day so remember that when you are walking through the valley of darkness the god of light is there the next one psalm 27 verse 1 the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear when the lord is our light our savior we have nothing to fear and we can with confidence say, I fear no evil. Throughout the Bible, God has given this promise to people. I've listed them here. In Genesis, he, he told the sons of Abraham, fear not, for I am with you. To the armies of Israel in, in Deuteronomy 20 verse 1, he said, when you go to war against your enemies and you see the horses and chariots and you see an army that's greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. As Joshua and the people of Israel are, are battling the enemies of the promised land, God tells Joshua through Moses to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And like we just mentioned a few moments ago, the writer of Hebrews reminded us of that same promise in chapter 13, verse 5. Finally, through the prophet Isaiah, God proclaimed, Don't be afraid. For I am with you. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isaiah 41. Promise after promise after promise that God is with you. He fights our battles for us. When we're going through the valley, He's not pushing us ahead. He's not waiting to see how we uh, are going to survive. He is with us during that time. Psalm, 33, or Psalm 3, verse 3. You, O Lord, are a shield around me, 
my glory and the lifter of my head. Psalm 46 verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. This psalm, verse 46, goes on. I put dot, dot, dot because he goes on the list. Several disasters, several distresses that we may face. But God is our refuge. We could talk about that. God is our shelter. He's our defender through it all. He is our strength. He's our power. He's our protector. He is very present. This part of the verse always kind of, it's a funny way of saying it. But it, it, he, he uh, is very abundantly available. He's very present help. He's very available to help us. If we need to rely on him. Too often we try to go through the valleys and, and we're alone and thinking, man, if I'm going through this, this whether this happened to me or it's something that I did to, to deserve it, we often will leave the shepherd okay, and not allow him to guard us, not allow him to defend us, not allow him to fight for us. But when the Lord is our shepherd, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death and deep darkness and evil, we do not need to fear because God is with us. If you're going through uh, this valley, we want to pray with you today. If you need help to keep going, to not give up, we want to pray with you today. If you feel like uh, you've drifted away from the shepherd and maybe you need him to kind of pull you back to rescue you, we want to pray with you today. We're very early. I'm going to ask Angie and the worship team if they will come. But I think it confirms in me what uh, God was kind of laying on my heart to um, kind of end with. We're not going to be in a rush to, um, to leave and kind of wrap up our prayer time. And I know we have a lot of uh, visitors today, and I don't know where you're at in your relationship uh, with God. But you're welcome to, to you know, this, this challenge is for all of us here. I want us to close finding a place that we can pray. I feel like if there's any message that um, affects the, the general congregation, everybody involved, it's probably something like this. We've all gone through a deep, dark valley. And maybe we're going through one now. Maybe you know of someone that's going through one now. But I want us to just respond today by finding a place to pray and if you would come forward and you can kneel at a chair up here on the sides of the stage, you could stand, you can uh, find a place to sit. I'm going to be on this side if you'd like uh, me to pray with you. Or I would ask the you know, board members, 
uh, if you would find someone that you could walk around and be praying for people but it just kind of confirms in me that um, we have time we have time and, and we should pray this way so if you're going through a valley like what we've described and, and man you just need help uh, to make it through if there's a healing that needs to take place we'd love to pray uh, for that if there's uh, if it's a, a job loss or in, anything, I don't, there's so many different things. I don't want to keep naming the job loss and the healing. <laughs> there could be so many different things going on, but we want you to know physically, literally today that you're not alone. If you would come up and just find a place to kneel, we want to come around and pray for one another. If you feel led, if God is prompting you to pray for a, a certain person, please yield to that and just go and, and pray with that person. If you feel like you've drifted away from the shepherd and he's calling you back today, that man, you need to get your relationship right with him and we want to pray with you today. And He's a, a, a good shepherd and he's You've come here for a reason and he's drawn your, uh, your, your feeling that him speaking to you today to get your life right with him. Come back to him. We want to pray for you today. Would you stand with me? And I know we've, I don't know that I've ever asked you to do this. So uh, I think we've come up once or twice to pray together. But I, I really feel like uh, this is how we can end our service today. If you would come forward, find a, place to kneel and pray you can stand there's room to stand around to sit and I'll, I'll be here if you uh, want me to pray with you others can pray with you heavenly father god i love you lord and i just thank you for this truth man we've all walked through difficult times in life and i thank you for the truth that you're always with us Sometimes I've tried to go off and on my own and try to solve problems by myself and it, it always ends up messing up and I come back to you. Lord, we need you, God. We need you, God. As we spend a few moments praying today, Lord, would you come as our shepherd? Would you just draw us near to you? Would you bring healing? Would you bring restoration? Restore our soul, bring rest, provision of the green pasture and, and the peace of running, you know, quiet waters. Whatever we would need today, we would find it. Lord, that we would find it today. Church, would you uh, 